On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian, I don't know what to nah, do. You're this fine. team you're is disappointing me. Mike, it's just January. Who cares? These are the two. This is the angel and the devil, Mike, on every Nets fan's shoulder, the way we just did. And guess which one you are? I'm the devil? <laughs> that's that's where we're going to stop right there. Anyways, let's bring us in. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Arisolo, Brian. Ugh. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. That's daily.com. The Athletic. Get pot. yourself behind the paywall at theathletic.com. I guess we are part of the New York Times Podcast Network. Oh, yeah, Mike. Congrats on being a, a Timesman. <laughs> We're a couple of Timesmen. Don't, don't know how much I can... I, I can't discuss it, Brian. You know, yeah. I'm too inside the deal. For the avoidance of doubt, we have... We will never talk to a person from the New York Times. I mean, fair to say, is that unless if it's the few people from <laughs> yeah. the Times who listen to our show, unless are... it's the corporate overlords who tell us what to say and how to think. That's the Peter only... S. Goodman. Shout yeah, out Peter shout S. Goodman, out. economics reporter out in based in London. One of the and overlords, Jason Zinneman. Uh, I think he's the like the humor critic, the comedy critic for the New York Times. Our family, our Nets yeah. family. Brian, we are Timesmen. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm well, I, I stayed up and watched that, that abomination of a game last night, but, um, so I'm a little, I'm a little you, crusty, I'm a little crusty in the, in the <laughs> head, but, um, and, which was a bad game, Mike, that was yeah, a bad give your, game. Give me Brian's game take. It was, Cue a, the sound it was a frustrating take and, <laughs> whoa, um, that was a really frustrating game for a lot of reasons. Like the whole narrative arc of the game sucked Yeesh. from beginning to end. I don't know if you you caught it. You, you probably had like five kids bouncing on your lap, so I'm gonna, you couldn't. I'm going to straight up admit because we're a yeah. podcast where we, full honesty, honesty. Honesty. I was watching the national championship, the football national championship game. Yeah. It was a compelling game. I know I could also be watching the Nets. I just wanted to give my. I apologize to our audience. I've read all about it. Brian's going to clue me in right now. I, um, it's actually I see, funny. I've seen I didn't the Nasir even, Little play, which is do you think which is more violent than anything that happened in the football game. Do you game. think it's insane that I just didn't know that that football game was happening? People were talking about it. I was watching the stream, the Nets game stream, and people were like, oh, like Georgia is, I don't know, is doing something. I think it was Georgia, right? Is that? <laughs> I just, I, I have so punted on, on uh, all the other sports, basically, but especially college, anything. Do you know that? So the the Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli, they have a Manning cast of Monday Night Football, and it became all the rage of this year because they, it was really good and they had great guests. So now this the alternative stream is like the big buzzword in broadcasting. Okay, I, I would love a Brian Egan alternative stream of football where you're wow. watching the Nets, <laughs> and it's just people on the Discord saying, "Hey, uh, Georgia scored." You're like. Okay, <laughs> Mick Claxton went to Georgia. Georgia yeah, Georgia is a state that I that I've heard of, been to, that I've even. been to. Yeah, um, yeah. It so has I a don't fraught history. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about that. So, um, which is fun. You know, it's interesting. It's always, it's funny when I you know I get to really feel like a total like a normie who doesn't care about sports at all um, in those moments. How does that which feel? Was nice. It feels good. You just go right through. You just go trucking on right through life. You know, it doesn't really. You just truly don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm fantastic. <laughs> like there, I mean, the pandemic has been awful, but there was that time when like there were no sports and I was kind of like, Hey, 
Yeah. A lot of time in the day. A lot of time. A lot of time <laughs> could yeah. devote to, to literature yeah, and I philosophy. Picked up, I picked up my Melville, you know, Moby Dick. I didn't. That didn't happen. But, no, uh, didn't happen. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I did stay up and watch that awful, awful game. Um, it sucked from beginning to end. It sucked because basically what they did was Tony Brothers and his ragtag crew of referees, and I, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but they basically <laughs> front-loaded all of the fouls in the game in the first quarter, right? So just completely sucked the air out of the room. We're shooting, we're shooting team free throws on off-ball fouls starting at the 7 minute and 50 second mark of the first quarter Mike this is what we're doing on That's a br- that that at, should be outlawed in at the At 10:30 we're still 10:40 we're still watching the first quarter drag out um brutal And then uh and then we get to the second half in which it's just total anarchy complete lawlessness <laughs> and <laughs> so they're like we already met our quota for fouls now there's no fouls it's a no foul game <laughs> and um and anyways, like like somebody put a mandible claw on Kessler Edwards trying to get to the to the rim. He just had a bloody mouth. Nobody they didn't stop the game. Nobody cares. He was just getting <laughs> hammerjacked in the mouth. Uh, and then yeah, does your little uh, like basically the new rule is you're allowed to dive at people's ankles. So he was working that meta. Uh, what a wild play that was. <laughs> yeah. So of course, I mean, everyone has seen it now. If you watch the game or you watch it on replay, uh, a ball is going out of bounds. It's pretty clearly just going to go out of bounds. Kyrie's basically trotting like a and watching it go out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just innocently watching go out. Nasir little of the Portland trailblazers yeah. just swoops in like he's a porpoise. Yeah. Dives in and, and, and twists, of course, twists Kyrie's, you know, oft, oft injured ankle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah. Freaking Netsian would it have been that Kyrie second game back? He gets injured Very if he would have been out for the season. And, and again, like, Got it, got it, got it. No foul there. No foul called on that uh, on this year little play. And Kyrie goes and is pleading his case to these guys. And they look at him like he's got a lobster on his head. He's looking at him like he's unvaccinated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like he's spraying disease all over them. Just kidding. Um, So anyways, that was all happening. Um, I think any of the current um, like panic button hitting that I know, I know people tend to want to do. I have a panic button sounder. One sec. Oh, well, you Uh, know. <laughs> that is sort of is, that is the world's panic button is the car horn really like i'm freaking out freaking out this here. soundboard is really like the confluence of podcasting and dad jokes mm. like this is where i feel most comfortable do you in know an au- audio based that i've yes. become really anti car horn since starting this podcast mike and i think like you have to have a <laughs> podcast in order to realize just how much people honk it's too much we're honking too much nobody's getting do fined you- yeah. Do you think when like teenagers are going through sort of like uh, they're learning how to drive <laughs> they that they must have a podcast a to podcast. appreciate the car horn <laughs> <laughs> because because it'll mess up your your pod your audio. Um, anyways, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, the panic button. Um, panic button. I'm not ready to hit that yet. I do. <laughs> I do think. I do think that um, that we can talk a little. Maybe we'll get to it. In some, I don't know if there's emails or whatever. But I think there is this current situation of yes. Kyrie playing the real games, which are away games, and not playing the fake games, the experiment games, which are home games, is a bad idea. I think that that's going to be... Tell me why. <laughs> I think that that's going well, to... Well, explain that to the audience, because some people don't understand why yeah. you call the home games experiments. So this is this has become like a meme in, in the Discord a little bit to a certain extent. Not really. I'm kind of making it... I'm forcing the meme upon this the community this the the glue nation um but that like basically like we're starting 
weird. We start David Duke Jr. at home games as an experiment. Like Nash experiments with the rotation in the home games when Kyrie's not available because, you know, what, how else do you spin this situation from a coaching perspective that you just don't have? That you one of your three best players is voluntarily missing already 75% of the season, but like now going or dedicated to miss 75% of the season, including all these home games coming up. Um, the way you spin it is like, well, this is a good opportunity to try things out, but like try like that as a market for like, Hey, come, come to the nets, come to Barclays center, a place that has a reputation for not being a home court, a really strong home court advantage and watch Steve Nash tool around with his rotation because we don't have our full team and won't. <laughs> and we are Ever. on paper not having a real team throughout the entirety of the season um, as of yet. So maybe who knows what yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Things could change. Who cares? Um, but that is a bad – I think like people sort of aren't really processing the downstream psychological negative effects of that that happens <laughs> on a team and the – you know at an administrative level – uh, it's just makes those games feel less serious. They just do. They, that like the home lo- losing streak for me, I feel like this is the, of all the panic buttons to hit. That's a thing again, Mike. And I'm ready to have somebody ask Steve Nash, this to his grill, to his lying face and say, Steve Nash, are we trying to get a fifth seed? <laughs> Nash is a saint. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How dare but, you but call. Steve Nash, honest, honest to goodness. Here's the polygraph. Are we trying to get a fifth seed? Because it feels <laughs> it feels right now like we could be trying to get a fifth seed. Yeah. So I I don't I, you know I love a good conspiracy theory, particularly when really it's tied to that. the standings. Yeah, I, I, really I absolutely that. love it. Um, there is something weird that's been happening with this team. So there are three things, really two things that have happened over the past, let's say, three weeks uh, involving this team that have coincided with a downturn in play. The Nets, regardless of how you feel, whether you're panicking or you're just non-plus about it, Mm. something has gone wrong with this team over the past few weeks. Um, The two main things are that everyone got COVID Mm -hmm. and that Kyrie Irving returned. So I don't know if I was uh, trying to get, like, clicks, trying to be clickbait Mike. Do it. Let's get clicks. Can really... we finally get some clicks, Mike? Be, be a clickbaiter for once. We refuse. Yeah. You know, there was a report that came out from Bloomberg about how, like, there's no new podcast hits. That basically, you know, new shows. There's no, like, new Joe Rogan show. Like, a show that is a talky show that becomes a massive hit. Mm-hmm. Smartless is the best thing that, that has happened. Smartless is Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Will uh, Sean Hayes. Uh, that's, like, the best thing. And that's not even a top 30 show. Basically, if you've been around for a while, you got that beachfront property. Right. You and I got that beachfront property, but <laughs> we're, we're staying. We're in Virginia Beach, though. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, no, that's it's a like nice the beach. Alabama what's, beaches. What's, yeah. What's the the Florabama shore? Is that the yeah? yeah. I heard Alabama has some nice beaches, though. Those are gonna be nice, okay. and the and the party scene's great. Beautiful. Love, love those scene. wild. Parties. We should do a live show. And I love a, in Al- Florida. <laughs> <Gulf Coast. laughs> yeah, like I like scooters. We could be and, with the AOC maskless. Dancing I love that. The, I love that idea. Um, so, so two things happened: Kyrie and COVID. Um, if I wanted to, I could say the locker room has been disrupted by Kyrie's returning. I really don't believe that. Kevin Durant and James Harden are ecstatic that Kyrie's playing basketball again. I don't know if everyone else is. 
but he's not really taking away from people that are like impactful. Not take away minutes from people that have like a great impact. Like he, yeah, I guess he kind of takes away a little Patty Mills. Patty Mills seems like just a, a saint of a human being, mm-hmm. and and is only about winning, and and doesn't really seem to be too selfish, and doesn't really care if like three more minutes are less played by him during a game. I don't know. Do we? Do we? Can we say that COVID has had an impact on this team and why they haven't been that good? Is that like like let's lean into this clickbait? The, the reason for the losing <laughs> is because of the the chaos and discord. <laughs> shout out to the discord that Kyrie yeah. has brought upon us. Okay, we haven't. We lost three games at home, four games or whatever in a row. The moment he started practicing with the team, Mike, and and it was announced that they're not playing home games. Sean Marks has forever altered the chemistry of this team. Yes. He should be fired. Yes. Joe Sy should sell the team. Now you're doing it. Kenny Atkins should, should be brought back. Yes. And they should trade Kyrie Irving. For D'Angelo Russell. For D'Angelo Russell. That's um, the clickbait, Mike. You did it. Finally. How did it feel? It felt great. Yeah. I mean, I do. What I really think is <laughs> it's like a bunch of it's death by a thousand cuts with this team. Okay. It's Joe Harris still not back. The second that Patty Mills stops hitting shots, it's not that it becomes a negative force on the team on the floor because you still <laughs> want to have Patty Mills. Yes. But I like how you phrase that. It's not that it becomes a negative. Go on. It's not that he's a negative. Yeah. It's just that by the factor of the way he plays is that he's so much of like, I'm going to keep taking my shot even if I'm not making them. Mm-hmm. He'll keep taking them. And it's actually won them games this season where he's had a bad shooting night, but he hits a big shot at the end. So I'm not even saying it's a wrong thing to do, but when he takes seven shots and hits one of them, and then the rest of the team doesn't step up in his stead, LaMarcus Aldridge, this is this is LaMarcus Aldridge since December, okay, since the beginning of December. So but going into December, LaMarcus Aldridge was like yeah, basically superstar. comeback player of the year, which doesn't exist in the NBA, but as I embarrassingly stated, it did. But here's what he's done, okay? He's played one, two, three, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games, basically over a month and a half. He's had as many as inactives as he had games he has played. During those games, he just really hasn't been the same guy. Like he's getting like double digit, he's getting like 13, 10, 12 points, but he's not having those nights where he's like this dominant offensive force, a dominant rebounding force. If he's it, been more flow of the game, if you have the numbers is. open, what are, are his minutes trending down? I mean, it feels like when he does play, the minutes have trended down. That's that's so a feeling I have. Yeah. He had five games inactive, which I think was injury plus COVID, mm-hmm. and then he had he came back against Philly. This was he didn't play Christmas. He didn't play against the Clippers. He comes back playing at Philly, twenty seven minutes. Then he plays against the Clippers in a disgusting Clippers game, which I don't want to dis- I don't want to discuss. 20 minutes in that game. Takes a night off against Memphis, 16 against Indiana, then 9 minutes against Milwaukee and has been inactive inactive. So like, just look at the factors. Joe Harris not playing. Patty Mills has cooled off. LaMarcus Aldridge has play has decreased both in minutes and production. And y- yes, James Harden's played a little bit better. Kevin Durant is still MVP. But Kevin Durant's even kind of notched down a step or two. It's just that the margin of error for this team, because Kyrie's a part-time player and there's no Joe Harris, is so thin for a really good team. It's so weird that that's the case. I mean, when I really actually now now trying to like, I'm bringing back the panic button talking points. But like, oh, oh, okay. with this team, we should be 
absolutely dumping on people. We should be completely dumping our bowels out on top of them. Like it should be an insane, <laughs> disgusting display of dumpage. And we, I can't even think of a time in which we've like just coasted, just dumped a dump beginning just a full 48 minutes of dumpage. Like, is, was there ever a game like that? <laughs> like, it feels like even if we do start to like pull away, we'll end up in some kind of scrappy dogfight, you know, f- to avoid overtime, like the stupid Spurs game. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I do think across the NBA, if we won't be so myopic, I don't know if myopics, if we're not so singularly focused on on the Nets, myopic across the NBA, there's many fewer blowouts, um, like in general, mm-hmm. this season than years past. I don't really know why that is. I guess it's because it the, be a- the mid-range is back. That's why. The mid-range is back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like in general, there's just like, there are some dominant teams but really, they're just like we're not seeing these like smackdowns like we used to. I don't know. There's like there has been maybe one or two games all year where it felt like it was easy, and I can't even list them off the top of my head. Like there was that Celtics. I'm looking at it now. Celtics November 24th. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was that was at the day before Thanksgiving. That was a 20. That was a 19 point win. Yeah, great. But but that's like to go down that. It's like I also want to say this. Yeah, please. Is this a schedule thing? Because the Nets have lost to the 76ers, the Grizzlies, who's are really good, the Bucks are really good. And those are those are okay losses. They're not terrible. But then they lost to the Clippers team that stunk and the Trailblazers that stunk. So I, it's just there's a lot of like there's just a lot of like ugh, ugly data within this within the mix. Mike, do you want to take a break and then take some mail and then do some news let's, around the league? Let's take a break. We'll take some mail. We'll do news around the league. I love that. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And welcome back, Brian. Let's dive into the mailbag. Um, do you want me to do it? The thing? Do it. Um, do the thing that everybody wants you to do. Here's the thing. It's first up, cheer boy, Jeremy Goldstein. Stein? Gold, Goldstein. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Um, hi, guys. My name is Jeremy, and I'm commiserating the season two. He wants to commiserate, Mike. Um, I miss Jeff Green, but I understand why we had to use the MLE on Patty Mills. But God, seeing Otto Porter Jr. and uh, Billy Namade, how do I pronounce this? The I know when you say it, I'm going to Bielitsa. Bielitsa. When you actually write it, it's like whoa! I can't believe that it's pronounced that way. (laughs) Bielitsa. Both on minimums for the Warriors. Warriors. uh, While we have uh, Paul Millsap also on a minimum. Uh, not getting <clears throat> playing time really hurts. Remember, to the Nets were in on Porter. 
Any thoughts on the net solution for a badly needed 3D, cheap 3D wing? Our rotation is a mess right now. Good grief. Keep up the hustle. Bielitsa. 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 Um, <clears throat> well, Mike, we're... Well, is that... First of all, two things. Are we... Is our greatest need a 3D wing? Yes. And two, is there one out there on the cheap cheap? The net's greatest need is to get Kyrie Irving vaccinated. Yeah. Or to convince one. New York City. I guess there was a report. I know Nets Daily tweeted out someone was reporting the Nets are working furiously behind the scenes to get New York City to change their vaccine policy just for Kyrie Irving, which I appreciate, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it, that, that's a complicated issue. Um, there's been some buzz. Bobby Marks, old assistant GM for the New Jersey Nets. And I think he was in Brooklyn. He was in Brooklyn. From, he was in Brooklyn. Um, he had his his trade season primer that came out on ESPN. Okay, uh, always a must read if you have that subscription. Um, he floated Dorian Finney Smith mm. from the Dallas Mavericks as a possible like the Nets flip a twenty twenty eight first round pick for Dorian Finney Smith. Um, Finney Smith is a high level defender. Um, he's He's always been like a nice role player on the team. I think he's on an expiring deal. Um, but the other key data point is that if the Nets add like anyone using um, who's uh, oh the Dinwiddie trade exception, it adds like thirty million dollars in tax, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is a lot. <clears throat> the Nets do need a cheap three. They need another decent body behind because like Joe Harris, while not technically a D, mm -hmm. he's the three wing. Um, and they just need like another option to go to the bench. Even though their bench feels crowded sometimes, it's a lot of like big old dudes, um, Dayron Sharp, and then a lot of smaller guards. There's just not in between well, besides Kessler Edwards. Kessler, who's who's getting some play time. He played quite the a three bit. Kettle. Um, the, the three kettle. He's interesting. He's a nervous Nelly, Mike. There is a, a underlying nervousness there, and he's very – anxiety ridden about bringing the ball up the floor um that is like <laughs> oh my God. and he's a baby he's a child uh no i like kessler edwards a lot and i think that there's a lot there but he's just got those like that jittery i'm i'm you know imposter syndrome kind of thing <laughs> kind of vibe well, so far it's, it's just like yeah. too early for us to be banking on kessler edwards as it's being like the, I agree. the backup three and d guy and and jeremy had this point about missing jeff green I got nostalgic. Jeff Green uh, was on the Woj pod, a, a podcast I don't listen to, but I still subscribe to just because I want to see who's on it. And seeing Jeff Green, I'm like, because oh. like this year's Jeff Green is not what he was last year. Last year, he was better. But that version of Jeff Green is the perfect player for this team. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot of people that want Jeremy Grant on the Nets. Jeremy Grant has been a name that has been floated out there uh, on the trade market. It seems like the Pistons don't want to pay him another contract after they already paid him now. Um, he is not really a three, but he's a he's a very passable D, very switchable, and a pretty good creator of his own shot when he needs to. The And he knows Kevin Durant. They both grew up in the D.C. area, friends, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The thing about any Jeremy Grant trait is that I'm almost 100% sure, without even diving into the trade machine madness, the Nets would have to trade Joe Harris. 
yeah. because of salary matching to get a $20 million player like Jeremy Grant. I just don't think that that's the same. <clears throat> We're talking about like the same thing with Jeremy Grant. Like, yes, this is a totally different sort of player. You know, he's a somewhat ascendant potential star player. Maybe if you squint, maybe used yeah. to be, maybe a year or two he, ago. He's, <laughs> yeah. He was a good role player on a really good team and then has transitioned to like the star of a bad, really bad team. Like he's, yeah. he has that flexibility. That's great. He's sort of, like, it's um, sort of Karis Levert. There was a Karis Levert sort of, you know, need very for, Levertian. Yeah, <laughs> need for a twenty points. Somebody's going to get that twenty points per game, and uh, and it happened to be Jeremy. But um, yeah, I don't see him as like fitting neatly into a utility kind of role on a on a team like this. The Nets, I, I do think the Nets need to do something. But let me ask you this, Brian. Okay. Mailbag question from Mike Smeltz to oh, Brian Egan. Okay, we'll send it through the email. Can you do your boy Mike Smeltz? Next up, no, I don't do this, Mike. Mike, it's a fun well, idea. Now that I played the, I played the drop. It's, I can't. It's Michael Smeltz. You got to play it all the way through. Yeah, I it's Michael Smeltz. <laughs> that was sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to make you do that to put you through that. Terrible. Joe Harris has not played in five weeks or whatever it is. Over those five weeks, his value to the Nets has increased exponentially. I feel like. Because mm-hmm. it, it's obvious to me that as great as Patty Mills has been at times, this team, more than anything else, this team actually just needs another shooter out on the floor in the James Harden lineups, uh, along with Kevin Durant, to hit open shots. The 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 opposing team's defenses are going to have to work a lot harder when Joe Harris is out there on the floor than James Johnson, okay? Yeah. Is Joe Harris untradeable? Basically, I say basically, not, you know, of course, you if you trade him for, I don't know, name any player, name any player of like a really high esteem, you would trade Joe Harris. But for the most part, is Joe Harris untradeable? I, I mean, I think it's a bad idea. I mean, I mean, like we're like if the goal is to get shooting back in a trade, you're going to be sending out the better the, 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 better, the better asset <laughs> like, you're just going to be. So I don't really understand. Like if we're like, yeah, we need more space. Okay, well, you're you're not going to get much better than than that. Uh, so I mean, like, yeah, whatever we can like gripe about his defense and that he has this meme about sucking in the playoffs or whatever, somewhat fair, you know. We'll see. Uh, but I think in general, like, you're going to be giving up the more high value asset in any Joe Harris trade, unless, as you say, it's for like something stupid, like Sha- like Shaquille O'Neal comes back in the trade, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like Terminator T2 Shaquille O'Neal yeah. like comes out of the time machine there naked. Whoa, naked Shaq. Well, that's, that's that I mean, is intimidating. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine Shaq is the shot of Arnold and T one. Yeah, just you know, naked outside the bar. I'm imagining um, it. It's great. Also, I do want to start a, a theme bar. It's Terminator bar, Ooh, and everyone but has everyone to has to be naked, <laughs> naked, and then you have to kill a whole in bunch a kneeling people. position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a dope entrance? Um, there, uh, I, 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 I pose the question because I do believe Joe Harris for his trade value in the NBA. And what he brings to the Nets, I think he's untradeable in that scenario. Because you're never going to get someone really, really good for Joe Harris. Like, the tier I'm thinking about, like, I guess you could potentially get a Miles Turner type. Like, Miles Turner is the same salary. He's been the name that is, like, they are, that amongst the Nets nation, Miles Turner is brought up often. Miles Turner would be great for the Nets. But I still think Joe Harris is more important for what he brings because no matter what he's doing, when he's out on the floor, you have to respect his three-point shot. He doesn't. He he's he's not 
calm and steady in the in clutch moments. But in general, like he doesn't bring any extra like, hey, I need the ball moments. He's just simply there to hit threes and to make plays. That's what he wants to do. Um, That's all he wants to so do. I, I find he I find him extremely valuable. And I think when he comes back, like a lot of our griping of like David Duke Jr. is not an just not now. It's just not an NBA starter. Um, he's a nice. It's like a nice fun. And we didn't talk about this, but like <clears throat> this is another like Nashism that is insane to me. This like this either or approach to like you're either a starter on an NBA team or you're out of the <laughs> out of the GD League, boss. <laughs> you got ten days to figure it out. Sink or swim, David. Um, which is it's crazy. It's a crazy why. Why is he getting starter minutes? Why is he playing so much? Like it's such a it, like that's a not well, a, that's not an advantageous position to put David Duke in. Why don't you dive into the mailbag? We got a new email from Sorrow. Sorrow. I mean, it's pretty long, so try not to read all of it. Okay. But g- give the sorrow the proper. Which, well, which part do you like? I mean, do you want to could Nash it? be part of the problem? I'll, I'll I'll do the intro, but you read the email, okay? Because I have okay, yeah, I, yeah. Next up. Cheer boy, that's Sarokutri. I threw some. Um, I rolled my R's a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't like how it sounded. Ultimately, um, yeah. Mike, read it. Hey guys, my question: Can Nash be part of the problem? <laughs> I'm puzzled by Nash's rotations. I have been for two years. They are often baffling. I get that COVID has impacted the last two seasons. But he always feels like he is surprised by disruptions and acting like he's coaching from a bigger deficit than anyone else in the league. He's been unable or unwilling to settle on any base rotation for two effing years for more than two or three games at a time. He is not helping. So he has some really good examples of times when he thinks uh, that Nash kind of like screwed up. We've talked about this before, Brian. Is Nash part of the problem? With with the mm. unevenness of this team, so I'm I've been a, a a staunch defender of Steve Nash. I I think there's no coach in the NBA who could have handled the emotional um, minefield that mm. the Nets presented with Kyrie's being unvaccinated, bringing in James Harden, trading out Jared Allen, Karis Levert, saying goodbye to Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, trying to figure out like Kevin Durant's rehab as he's coming back to the floor and now he's back to an MVP. Like I think. Nash has done all of that. He also benched DeAndre Jordan, something that got Kenny Atkinson fired. Um, but even I, a defender of Nash, I mean, like his rotations, are, as you you pointedly laid out, David Duke goes from not playing to starting, and I'm sure he's going to be banished to the bench again. Like, there, there's no middle ground. Yeah. It, it's very much like all or nothing. With well, Stephen James Nash. Let me. Th- I, I'm I'm workshop. I'm gonna workshop a take live here with workshop. you. Workshop. So I'm kind of thinking about like there's a maybe a spectrum between like strict and like laxness, right? Like, and you could you can fall in there, but like at some level you have to have some kind of structure. And in in there, there's two there's two versions of it. There's like one that's like a very strict rotation, right? <clears throat> I have these players that I know can do these things at this time, and they fit together in this puzzle, and that's what they do. And we roll that out every time, no matter what. Doesn't care. Like that's the plan. And then there's another one where there's a strict system and it's like I have all these players I brought them in to adapt to this way of playing and they all plug and play into that system he's got neither of those two things he's got he's not he's playing just this complete like he's he's off 
the reservation into I don't know where, but like the the no system because like we don't have an offensive a good offense. Like we have a weird like it just doesn't pass the eye test. Like there's just like a yes, couple. That's true. Like what we were talking about like last week, I still really agree with, and I would even expand it to the whole offense. Like we were talking about it as Harden's offense, which kind of is our offense. Um, of just like button mashing in in like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something. We kind of do that as a team. We have a few things that we spam <clears throat> over and over again. And uh that that ain't a system though. That's a couple of that's a couple of moves. Um so that ain't a system or is it an anus system? Okay. Is both. Both an anus system and it is yeah. not a system. Nice sir. Good good Mike. <laughs> um but anyways, so like you know, I'm not married to either one. Like I've seen the strict rotation version of it, you know, do well. There's obviously a lot of evidence to suggest that the strict system version of it does well. This, like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. And, like, we can just have star players play 45 minutes and eke out, you know, super hard-won wins against bad teams. Um, that doesn't feel like a whole lot of mastery of the craft is going on there. Like, that just doesn't – I'm not getting a master chef uh, feeling from, from this kitchen. To me, it links back to, like, I'm never going to believe anyone's an innovator – ever again until like they do it over five years of basketball because i remember one of the most one of the most exciting things about nash was thinking that hey this basketball genius is going to be coaching kevin durant kyrie irving and at the time jared allen the carousel vert and like spencer Dinwiddie, like all this talent and then is he's going to take elements of the warrior system take elements of the sun system mix them together in this beautiful cocktail Mm. and we're going to get this really unique team with high level talent and he comes here and like the offense was exciting last year. It was definitely better last year in terms of it was way more devastating. Um, but this year, you know, I don't even know where the Nets are ranked offensively in the NBA. Uh, Middle of the pack. But so much of it's just been based around like, hey, Kevin Durant, you're the greatest player in the world. Please score for us, which is fine. Like that is an offense. James Harden, you're the greatest orchestrator of offense in the NBA, please orchestrate. And he's been, he hasn't been Boston Pops level. He's been more of like, you know, the Tennessee Tabernacle Choir. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know and, what that means. <laughs> and, and so it's again, it gets back to this point of like, it's Harden Durant. And then we hope Patty Mills hits a shot and we hope Lamarcus Aldridge is hitting me range jumpers. There's really nothing else to that. There's been so many pieces that have been missing that I do, I don't fully blame Steve Nash. Like, you and I know that the Nick Claxton pick and roll, if Nick Claxton has been fully healthy all year, like that's a thing that would be optimized by now or f- mostly optimized. If Joe Harris was healthy all year, Joe Harris, Joe Harris is so integral to this team now. I, I truly, he's like the MVP in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> like he, he really does matter. Like him, him taking those six threes a game and hitting half of them are pretty impactful mm-hmm. on, on the game. Um, I just, I go back to the interview thing. I don't think like, Nash is not here, frankly, because he has this like great offense, great system. He's here to to sort of manage, to be just a manager of personalities. Yeah. And when he doesn't have the talent that he has, if he has Joe Harris and Nick Claxton fully healthy and Patty, all that stuff, he's less impressive as a coach. Yeah. I mean, but this was, I mean, this the problem with this is that like. Comparing to last season, there's a couple of narratives that, like, we're picking and choosing from that are, like, selectively beneficial, maybe, is my concern. I'm starting to, like, just be like, okay, am I really 
overvaluing Steve Nash. Because, like, last season, the whole meme was that our star players only played eight eight games together, right? <clears throat> and our But we had a record-level offensive efficiency. Um, this season, obviously, we've only had one game in which all three players have played together. Um, I don't know what the offensive efficiency was there. Obviously, it's not a big enough data set. But, like, we're, I think, last time I looked, like, 12th in offensive efficiency. Like, we had a literally historic offensive team last year. And now we have the 12th best offense. Uh, Kyrie is back now, so hopefully that changes. And obviously, like you're saying, the personnel stuff bring bring Joe Harris back. But, um, you know, I... I am open to the idea that all of a sudden that completely changes and we're like operating at a high level. I am also kind of concerned that whatever magic juju Mike D'Antoni sprinkles on offenses yes. is is sorely missing here. Um, can't we just go back to that? I mean, he was in there. He's got we got the <laughs> we got the emails. <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully that could we could just bring that right back. But I don't know. In in lieu of that, like I'm I'm. I'm just worried that we're like being like, yeah, like, but the the two story arcs from this season and last season just like aren't matching up. And, you know, we have to kind of like, got to take a hard look at this. Um, again, like Kyrie Irving just played a second game and it was a not great experience without Harden, especially. So murder, no. And also Harden's gone back to sucking too, which is not great. Yeah. And, and, but like, in, let's do the reality check thing. Like the Nets are second in the East, but they're second they're two games over the the 76ers in terms of wins. Actually the 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 Nets have 25 wins, the Cavs have 23 wins. The Cavs are the 6th seed right now. So they're second in the East, but there's like not incredibly much separating all those. I games. haven't checked the spread for this Nets Bulls game uh tomorrow night, but I'm not I if the Nets are favored, I'm not picking them to cover the spread. I'll tell you that no, right there, now. There's no way that they yeah. can be favored. Um <laughs> I'll look it up. But actually well the Bulls play tonight. Um which is the one thing that could help Lynette's a little bit that they there's a back to back or something. Anyways, we're we're trending negative. Let's get another email in yeah, here. Yeah, I, I don't want to be too down. Like, yeah. I do think Nash is doing a good job. I think he's the right coach for this team. I just think like I don't think we fully understand how like it's an excuse. The team has had injuries. Every team has had injuries. Yes, but this team in particular is built so top heavy. Uh, the trade for Harden and having three max contract guys on your roster. You know, it just it, it leaves you if you're an injury, if you're one one of those guys gets hurt, really hurts your team. That's yeah, all. or he doesn't get vaccinated. That's sort of like you know he didn't get vaccinated. Next up, cheer boy. Sorry, that's Elijah S. Good for you for not. I know doxing. doxing. I, I keep trying. I keep doing that. Um. This is also trending a little negative, but we'll blow right, right past it to the to the um, meaty part of this. So he says, hey, guys, I feel like at the end of the, these close games against mediocre slash bad teams, KD is kind of gassed. He's obviously not going to admit it, but defensively he gets a little lazy and at times his shooting falters down the stretch in the fourth quarter occasionally see the Spurs game. Do you think we should be managing his minutes differently? Obviously, we need him to play a lot so we can win, but maybe play him in shorter bursts and have him shoot the ball more in those stints. I don't know what Nash is doing right now. It's sustainable. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, so, minutes, Mike. Mike, Mike, minutes smelts. Um, <laughs> here's, the, here's the situation, Mike, that we can't have. We can't have KD playing a lot and losing in ugly losses that don't move the needle towards, yes. like, team cohesiveness. 
that can't possibly be. That's a bad. That's a bad resource to be expending to get a, like a, a deficit out of. Um. So what so, do you do? What do you do, Mike? Talk to me. Well, get well, a pop. Pop some cola. Get a pop and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I bring up Joe Harris a lot. Joe Harris is going to help Kevin Durant. Wow, there it is. You're just all in on Joe Harris. Just Here's how it's going to happen. <laughs> Moving all your chips in. Wow, okay. What Nash has had to do this year, which I don't like, is that he's had to keep Harden and Durant out on the floor against other teams' bench units much more than you would like. That's where those minutes are coming from, obviously. It's like when the other team starters all, not they all fully go out. It's not hockey. They don't all take a shift off. It's not they hockey, would, guys. Not hockey. Ba- it's basketball. It's a basketball but, podcast. Um, God damn it, Heb. That's my uh, miracle. <laughs> miracle on ice. God damn You know when they're like yelling at Herb? Oops. I don't know that movie God. well enough to no, remember. Good. Yeah, it's good. Um, so Durant and Harden have had to play on the floor against bench units. The bench unit that we're missing is the James Harden-led Nick Claxton pick and roll, Patty Mills, Joe Harris shooters, and like James Johnson doing weird James Johnson things or Bembry doing Bembry things, right? Because we don't have this optimized James Harden bench lineup that will, one, really juice the offense when it comes back. Because what Harden, the best thing that Harden, the best lineup you can put around Harden is shooters and a pick and roll big, right? That's exactly what he needs. That's the way he's best going to operate. The Nets can't run that lineup. There were times they were running like Harden with James Johnson, Bembry, Bruce Brown, and Nick Claxton. All non-shooters, right? So if you when you get Joe Harris back, you run him more with that bench lineup. I mean, he's going to play 30 minutes a game if he's healthy. That lets you then take Durant fully off and actually get him like four minutes of rest in the second quarter and four minutes of rest, you know, in the fourth quarter, or six minutes of rest in the fourth quarter. And that decreases those minutes, and he gets back down to average. Here are the top minutes per game guys in the NBA right now. And there's going to be a common theme besides the Nets. Fred Van Vliet is number one. Mm. Durant, Harden, two, three. LeBron, four. Jason Tatum, five. Lillard, six. Bradley Beal, seven. Everyone but the Nets, those teams are not not that good. Mm -hmm. Now, the Raptors are good and ascending. The Lakers are fine now. They're, they've righted the ship because of Malik Monk, but they've had to rely on LeBron so much. Those are all like singular superstars on teams that are like fighting for playoff spots are just like not that great. The Nets are number two in the East, but they're relying. They're so relying on Durant and Harden to carry them throughout the entire game. They need to get down. Like Steph Curry is averaging about 35 minutes a game. Okay, that's not that different than Durant's 37 and a half. But that is a difference. There is a, a tangible difference. Do you know who Steph Curry's tied with? Who? For minutes per game? Seth Curry. Oh, weird. They're averaging the same amount of minutes. That's so weird. Well, weird. Um, so I, I do I think it's a big problem. I love Kevin Durant's attitude about this, where he's like, I'd rather die on the court. If I die, I die. Um, that's a great, it's fantastic. I just think, it, to the point of the email, it makes... If you're tired, you're less effective at the end in crunch time. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the problem. You, can't, you, you don't want Durant to be ultra tired at the end of a shitty 
Portland Trailblazers game. I will say one of the only and maybe the best innovations that Steve Nash did was the guy doesn't play the first quarter and comes in and plays most of the rest of the game. That was a great concept. He should bring that back for Kevin Durant. We yeah. should do the non-starting line, like a whole anti, like you know, punt on the first quarter, and then because <laughs> really, it's about timing this win. You know, you just want to be up. When Don't the, when you the clock. dare give Steve Nash another idea for a starting lineup. He would. <laughs> Absolutely I'm, love I'm, to start David Duke, Dayron Sharp, Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, and Marcus Zagorowski. Dayron looked good last night. He looked good. I'm seeing I'm seeing some maybe a little That's future for Dayron. We shall see. We shall That's see. That's my draft pick. Um all right. Mike, get us out of here. All right. Thank you all. We were gonna do news around the league. The one item I just wanted to say, just quickly, is it seems like the Sixers there's rumors now. Marcus Spears, Tobias Harris, they want to attach Tobias Harris with the Ben Simmons trade. Just small indication to me that there's no Ben Simmons trade they like, so now they're going to the backup plan, which is we're going to clear the books, and that's why they would do it. Just so everyone knows, that's what's happening. Be aware. News around the league. That was. <laughs> hey, thank you all so much for listening. It's so great to be here with you guys. Really good. Uh, Mike, what, find us on yeah. uh, email, netspot at gmail.com. Get a part of that conversation. Discord, links in the Twitter bio, YouTube. Every episode's going to be on YouTube. It's a, it's a great gift to you all. We'd Pretty love much. to show our faces. Um, and iTunes, Apple, five stars. <laughs> you want to have it is our our faces are a gift to you. Thanks, thanks for listening. Um, all right, shout out, shout out to the Discord. Uh, bye everybody. Bye bye bye. bye.